tricked you. We told you we had one new segment. We have two. That's right. Welcome in, everybody. It's the Important Nonsense Podcast. I am your host, Steve Bonham. You can find me on Twitter at Nonsense underscore Steve. My co-host, Mr. Neil Smith, at Nonsense underscore Neil. Our guy, Aiden Ware, at FFA Ware. Neil, how you doing tonight? Fantastic. I won the Philip Lindsay sweepstakes on the waiver wire in the Golden League. I've just been walking Ooh. on. I've been walking on sunshine. Ooh, this man. Been walking on sunshine since about 11 a.m. Mountain time. Uh-oh. I don't like the sound of that. Uh, sometimes terrible. Sometimes terrible. Life, life just, life just smiles at you every once in a while. You were the chosen one. Philip Lindsay was the chosen one this past week, among uh, among a, a long laundry list of overreactions from the weekend that we will get into. That's that's one of the few legit that actually made sense. Yes. You, you hyped him up in the preseason, uh, and he looked good in the preseason. And, uh, yeah, that whew, that panned out this weekend. That, that, that showed for sure. We'll get into it uh, on a deep dive, but uh, I think we got to take him through the news because we've just got so much because it was week one. The football preview. Halfback, passes to center, back to wing, back to center, center holds it, holds it, holds it! No, not that football. Aw, the Denver Broncos! Yeah, that's the one. You just don't understand football. News. Good news, everyone. Extra, extra, read all about it! And stats. Nerds! You need to win. You play to win the game. On the Important Nonsense Podcast. What's not an overreaction is the Buffalo Bills offense is non-existent. They went to Josh Allen in the fourth quarter this past weekend, and he will get the nod at start. The Nathan Peterman era is over, Neil. Pour one out. Yeah, the I, era I that really never wanna... should have restarted. Yeah, see, even that, I don't want to kick a man when he's already down. Because when across the two games you've oh, played, you've thrown seven interceptions and no touchdowns, I feel like that that should do it. You play to win the game. Yeah. So that... how do you throw five picks in the first half of of your first career start and then get another chance? How does that happen? Because you played in a blizzard and it's Buffalo. A franchise yeah, that Buffalo makes no answer. sense. Yeah. yeah, it's those are not those are related, but it's also two separate things in this case, which is interesting. But uh, yeah, I mean, welcome to the Josh Allen era, and <laughs> let's just move forward. Yeah. yeah, not interested in any bill in any way, shape, or form in that situation. Meanwhile, the Titans dealing with a couple of injuries. First, we will start with quarterback Marcus Mariota dealing with an elbow injury. First of all, you have to keep in mind the Blaine Gabbard effect, Neil. This is clearly a thing. Wherever he lands, he ultimately gets a shot to come in and destroy whatever fantasy-relevant players you have on that roster. So he takes over as the backup in Tennessee, and now all of a sudden Mariota's dealing with more injuries. Of course. I was going to say, the Gabbard effect has to be a real thing at this point. We have too many, we have too many data points. If, if Blaine Gabbard's on your team, there's too much playing. science behind it. Yeah, he's gonna be playing. He's gonna have to be playing at least a couple games for you. If he's on your team. And then uh, Mariota reports he'll be okay this weekend. 
It's just something to monitor for sure. If Mariota can't go, I'm certainly fading all the Titans' skill guys other than the runners. But, uh, you know, their offense looked pretty lost out there this last week. It's going to take a couple of games for them to really get things going, it seems like. Uh, not the high-powered offense we thought they'd be. Especially, they lost one of their biggest weapons. And Delaney Walker, an unfortunate injury, has always been one of my guys. I know he's been one of your guys forever. Yeah. So, uh, placed yeah, on the IR with the, the leg injury there. So, Janu Smith is the next man up in the Titans' tight end core. He's had some flashes. He looked all right in the preseason. Nothing to write home about. At this point, there's guys like Ben Watson. We've hyped up uh, Jake Butt, Ricky Seals-Jones, uh, guys like that that are readily available on waivers that you can pick up and plug in that I'd rather have than Jonu Smith. Yeah, I'd have to see something from Jonu Smith first. That's not something I'm going to target. We'll see. I mean, you know, if he gets the whole job and proves he can do the whole job, the job has value, but I don't know what how exactly they're going to work that out. I don't even know if they know. Uh, before you hit it, by the way, before we move off this, don't if you didn't see it, don't Google Delaney Walker's injury. Don't watch it. It was not pretty. Like, if you have a weak stomach especially, <laughs> don't watch that. It uh, that's that's more one for my grandma who listens to this and is a massive Titans fan. Grandma, if you didn't see that, don't don't don't, don't Google that. But uh, yeah, that was brutal. And pour one out for Delaney Walker because that's going to be the the wrap for 2018. Meanwhile, Packers have a couple injuries of their own. Aaron Rodgers, of course, playing the hero. He's up in the air for week number two after suffering that leg injury against the Bears. He won the game on one leg. I mean, what else can you say about the guy? He's clearly a freak of nature, but speaking of freaks of nature, I mean, oh, how ugly was that offense when he was out? If he can't go, Deshaun Kaiser is the guy. This ain't Brett Hundley anymore. He's in Seattle. He He's washing the jockstrap of Russell Wilson now. So uh, it's... It's the Kaiser show, and it's not great. We saw that. So I'm fading every single Packer possible if we find out that Rodgers can't give it a go. And along those same lines, Devontae Adams is dealing with a shoulder injury. He fell awkwardly on the sidelines. We saw that late Sunday night. Missed practice on uh, Wednesday. More than likely, they're just being cautious with him sitting out. But when you pair that with the Rodgers injury status, I mean, I'm real concerned about the production you can get out of Devontae Adams this weekend. That's part of the reason why Geronimo Allison made the waiver column this week. So check that out. He might still be out there. But, uh, yeah, if Adams can't go, then Allison becomes a uh, pretty hot commodity. Uh, we saw especially if Rodgers can't go, Kaiser was looking for him left and right, which makes sense because they've probably built up some sort of rapport from given where they both are on the depth chart. So take a look at that. Um, you probably are going to end up having to play Devontae Adams. I- I'm in that situation where if he's playing, uh, but this is definitely one to monitor. And as we learn more information about what's going on with his shoulder, we'll be sure to get that out on Twitter and try and keep everyone updated. Meanwhile, Leonard Fournette, as usual, seems like is dealing with another minor injury left the game in the second quarter last week and did not return. I mean, anyone who's owned Leonard Fournette in the last year in a game now kind of knows this same old song and dance. However, unlike Chris Ivory last year, who was a total train wreck, 
TJ Yeldon showed he can handle the job. We've seen him have fantasy value in the past. I don't typically like handcuffs, but he seems to be a viable one in that offense. Doug Marone really liked him. That's why they kept him around for so long. So, uh, yeah, if you're a Fournette owner and for whatever reason TJ Eldon is still out there, you certainly want to pick that up. Agreed. It's one of the few actual handcuffs in 2018. There's only there's a real short list. Meanwhile... Doug Baldwin, another guy we can pour one out for a little bit here. He tore his MCL. He'll miss a couple of weeks. They don't know exactly how long, but we do know it will be a little bit of time here. He's going to have to sit out for sure. And the concerning part for me, Neil, is the fact that this is the other knee. I mean, we were already talking about one bum knee. Now this is the other one. It's just, if you're a Doug Baldwin owner now, it's just... It's going to be an ongoing headache all season, unfortunately. It, we're, we're one week in. It already feels like a lost year for Dougie Fresh. It's unfortunately not that surprising because you run into situations like this. Like We always used to listen to Stefania Bell talk about situations like this where because the one knee is hurt, the other knee is trying to compensate and you're trying to play on it. And then you eventually blow out the good knee, and that seems to be kind of what this feels like here. So, yeah. <sighs> really unfortunate, but we did try to warn everybody in the preseason, just for the record, we did try to warn everybody that this was one we were trying to avoid because of this exact situation. So is there anybody that you are particularly interested in since he's not going to be playing at all for a little while? Well, I mean, I hyped up Tyler Lockett in the preseason, so I'm feeling pretty good about that now. And uh, how about fantasy zombie Brandon Marshall back from the dead? He was on the roster bubble. We talked about him not even making the team. That All the reports and indications were he might not make it. And on the the last Saturday, he was like the 53rd man on the 53-man roster. He barely made it. And then they come out in the first week, and of course, he got the the lion's share of the targets. Now, the the ball distribution was pretty evenly spread out for, uh, for Russell Wilson this week. But Marshall did lead the team with six targets, and two of those were in the red zone, including the touchdown he caught. So it's not the craziest idea in the world to believe that Brandon Marshall has fantasy relevance with the uh, the Seahawks. Yeah, beyond that, that's really kind of it, because I don't know if you really want anything to do with uh, Jerron Brown. Meanwhile, Greg Olson, unfortunately, going to miss significant time. Uh, this just feels like last year all over again with the foot injury. He said he's optimistic that this won't end his season, but uh, it just doesn't sound good at all. No, they're talking in months. They're going to reevaluate in yeah. a month, and then they're going to reevaluate again in another month. Uh-oh, that, I don't like the sound of that. No. That's And what's even more frustrating about that is they're not going to IR him. So if you've got him in fantasy, <laughs> you're kind of in a situation where unless you have deep benches or IR slots, I mean, do you cut him? Uh, you have to. Yeah, it's kind of how, how it not? feels. I mean, if you have a deep if you have a deep bench and you have a starter you can rely on week in and week out, you could pick him up and stash him when someone cuts him. Or IR slots. This is why we recommend IR slots. By the way, this is basically right. the reason why it's like at least one IR slot because you get something like this and it's like, well, that's frustrating. Yeah, but otherwise, no. Yeah, if you if you got to cut him loose to fill a to fill a roster need, I I don't blame you. No, me either. Ian Thomas is the guy stepping up into the starting role. Until he shows me something, I'm not interested. Last week he had two catches for four yards. If anything, again, another guy I pumped up in the preseason was the Funchise. 
Uh, I seem to be higher on him than anyone else. And with Olsen not there to steal red zone targets, I mean, who else is getting them? Well, you saw it in the game when Olsen left. He yeah. was being targeted, and then Funchise wasn't doing anything. And then suddenly, Olsen's out of the game, and they had to shift the offense to to bring him in. And then he started actually getting much more of a role pretty much immediately. So, sure. And then, cash, and then they're going to keep just relying on uh, Christian McCaffrey. Meanwhile, Marquise Goodwin has a deep thigh bruise. Tell me about Marquise Goodwin's deep thigh bruise, Steve, in only the way that you can. At least they called it a bruise and not a contusion. <laughs> Didn't try to fool us into that. Uh, just, uh, it's just you got to make sure you have a backup plan here. It's entirely possible early in the year, a guy that they really depend on in that offense, that they just rest him a game in week two of the season. It makes more sense to rest him and sit him out from an NFL perspective than to rush him back out there and cause some further problem down the line when they're thinking maybe they can use him uh they're they're thinking week 15 16 long-term health and uh you just care about fantasy relevance so in terms of fantasy have someone prepared to go if marquise goodwin cannot if uh if he does sit out is there anyone on that niners roster you think it's a bump well the logical thing would be probably see Garcon and Kittle both somehow get even more targets. But in terms of an actual other player, it's probably Pettis, right? Yes. Uh, Dante yeah, Pettis, Dante right? Pettis. Yep. Excuse me, I couldn't remember his first name. Uh, he was the guy who was out there. Yeah, he did get, in the second half, he was getting a ton of target share. So, uh, so. certainly interesting. I don't know if he's someone I actually want to start. Because uh, I don't know if you can trust it. Yeah, Garcon, I think it's a it's a gets a raise up because he's borderline flex for me anyway. And um, yeah, if Goodwin's out and he's going to get a bump in production, I, I certainly think that would make more yeah, sense. Yeah, and I give Kittle a few more targets too. I think they they're gonna they're yeah. both gonna get a little uptick in targets, and then if you really needed a third guy, I think it's Dante Pettis. Uh, but again, to your point. That's not really something I'm recommending plugging and playing. If you're looking for a plug and play for Marquise Goodwin, go check out Quincy Anunwa. Meanwhile, Rex Burkhead dealing with a concussion. Sony Michel still recovering from his preseason injuries, and Jeremy Hill lost for the season with a torn ACL last week. So the one man left is James White. He could potentially have the whole show to himself. At the, I mean, at the worst, if uh, if Burkhead can't give it a go then maybe Michelle comes back and it gets eased into the offense, still coming back from injury. But it looks like it's going to be a lot of James White this weekend, and they will certainly be uh, be running the ball because you're not going to go after Jalen Ramsey and AJ Boye. I, I, he's a big part of his game is also screens, and I think they're gonna they're gonna do a lot of that to try and yeah. get create mismatches in some way because it's going to be tricky out there, but. That's sort of the Patriots' specialty, so we'll see how that one shakes out again. Meanwhile, finally, it has been reported that officially today, Chris Carson separating himself, the battle of running backs in Seattle, the clear-cut number one. They're still easing Penny into the system, but far and away, according to Pete Carroll, Chris Carson has taken over the top spot. And we've been saying that for three weeks so I hope you <laughs> hope people have been paying attention and didn't invest a high draft pick into Penny like we've been telling them. Anybody that's been listening would know. Yep. We, we've been 
all over the Chris Carson bandwagon. Neil, have you heard of FFE? You know, I have, but I bet a lot of other people haven't. (laughs) FFE, of course, is Fantasy Football Evolution, and it is back for the 2018 season, and even better than ever. You spoke up and they listened. This year they added mock drafting, which is extremely helpful for you. They've also moved the championship final to week 16, and I know what you're thinking. How could I possibly draft a team? It's already started, right? Well, it's a three-stage format, and in stage one, all you have to do is go four and three against your computer opponents. So you can still draft a team up until week four of the season, because you can still get in four victories. If you go four and three, you advance on to stage two, and you still have a chance to win the global prize of $25,000. Of course, restrictions by state do apply. But you want to maximize your chances by owning multiple teams. There's the optional auto-draft and lineup assistant that can help you manage the team with complete and total ease. So it's all here for you. What are you waiting for? Like I said, you can register now at FantasyFootballEvolution.com. Join the evolution today. Once again, that's FantasyFootballEvolution.com. Availability varies by states. You can visit the website for more details. When you sign up, make sure you purchase your new team and then join the marketing partner competition for important nonsense. Get in on the Lucky Whitehead competition. It is burning hot. Get this hot, hot Lucky Whitehead merchandise. I mean, you, you know you, you want cannot it. get quality like this from other fantasy football outlets. This pristine exactly. Lucky Whitehead autograph photo. At least $6 value. Minimum. Minimum. Minimum $6. $6 At least. So you'll sign up for that, and if you sign up for the Important Nonsense competition, like I said, you're entered for the fantastic prize we're offering, not to mention your state competition and the $25,000 global competition. So uh, don't hesitate. Sign up today. All right, Neil, this week we have a brand new Under the Microscope. Under the Microscope. A microscope is an optical instrument used to magnify objects. Under the Microscope. Simple as they are, the microscope is no toy. Under the Microscope. Into the friendship running zone. Under the Microscope. Under the Microscope, week one... As usual, evaluating typical overreactions. We go through this every year. Essentially, we're talking about people you are, uh, you're looking at saying, well, this guy's a huge bust, or wow, this guy's a breakout. I gotta go blow my whole fab budget on him. And, uh, it doesn't always work out in the end, Neil. It's, uh, it, it's always a, uh, a plane with fire type situation to, uh, to, to bet a lot on what you see in just one week. We go through the entire off season of evaluating these guys, projecting what they're going to do for the year, what the offenses should look like, what the roles should look like. We go through OTAs, training camp, preseason. We put all of this information to use for us to try to project out the whole year. And then people play one scripted game and it's, it, it's all gets thrown out the window uh, immediately. So just, a couple things you need to pump the brakes on as uh, as you prepare for your week two matchups. 
And also, be sure to check out Daily Awareness by our guy, Aiden Ware, every Tuesday and Saturday. Uh, Aiden giving you all the uh, the breakdowns for all the daily cards that you need to know. And uh, his Tuesday one came up. Uh, it's live right now on the site. That's right. ImportantNonsense.com under Daily Awareness. Of course, shout out to Aiden again, at FFAware. Aiden did a great job last week, gave us some great advice. Yeah. I played his lineup, did really well. Yeah, I actually I, uh, borrowed. Did really well. I just, just on the outside of the money. So I actually broke even thanks to him recommending Jordan Reed. So shout out to Aiden because I didn't realize Jordan Reed was only 4K until I read his uh, his piece on Saturday. So, again, DFS stuff new this year. Aiden Ware, loving it. Good stuff so far. Neil, we got a new segment on the show this year. I'm extremely excited about this. Trust or bust players at your top positions that have not been started recently, who we trust and uh, and busts players who are currently being started that we think uh, why don't you sit down, just just, just sit down. Take a seat. So we're gonna start with quarterback, and my uh, my trust for this week is uh, Mr. Case Keenum. Pumped him up all preseason, playing Oakland this week. We saw how terrible that defense looks. And we saw, I mean, look, even with the three picks, Case still put up a 22 last week with the touchdowns, with the efficiency. It was, if you can do that against, C- I know Seattle's a shell of itself, but I mean, if you can look that decent and efficient against Seattle's defense, you go up against Oakland at home, give me that. It was over 300 yards and three touchdowns. The three picks was the only problem in that entire yeah. game. If he didn't throw three interceptions, they would have absolutely housed the Seahawks. So my trust for this week is Mr. Tyrod Taylor. Uh, nice. Go- going up against the really bad looking. I know we're not supposed to overreact, obviously, to week one, but <laughs> I'm sorry. You can't get housed by Ryan Fitzpatrick and me not have at least an eyebrow raised. Like that, that didn't look right. Something looked massively amiss in New Orleans. So, uh, I recommended Tyrod as a, uh, as a streamer this week in the waiver column, and I'm pumping up, I'm pumping him up here for a, actually a two week engagement. Next week, I think he's a good spot start as well. So if he's out there, uh, I think he's going to have a nice rushing floor as always. He's not going to throw. Yeah, I was going to say he's not going to throw 300 yards. I mean, he just it's not really his game. But I like him for, I don't know, a, <laughs> a nice solid rushing floor and. Uh, 200 to 250 yards passing, two touchdowns, and probably throws an interception. But I think he's going to have a really nice day. And if you're one of those people that's stuck in the Carson Wentz dilemma or just has a horrendous matchup because there's a few really bad quarterback matchups this week, uh, I like Tyrod off the waiver wire. Yeah, it's like you said, the rushing floor. At one point, he was like the fourth or fifth highest rusher of the week this past week. Just a lot of scrambling when he couldn't find open guys. And, uh, yeah, and that game in New Orleans has has a real chance to be a shootout. Oh, yeah. Uh, my bust of the week, Matt Ryan against Carolina. Look, he, he had a tough game against Philly. We get that. Now he's got an extra couple of days because they're coming off the Thursday to prepare for a division rival in Carolina. But that, that Panthers defense is pretty solid again this season. And uh, it's just, boy, they have not been clicking yet on offense. Atlanta now into the second year of the Sarkeesian offense. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it's kind of time to I'd be I'd be looking to fade Matt Ryan a little bit. So I completely agree because they're just not there's there's they can't get any 
production out of anyone that isn't Julio Jones, and then they can't get Julio Jones into the red zone because once that happens, they just quadruple cover him and they still can't score. It's it's really sad. And my bust, and this hurts. This hurts me, by the way. <laughs> I have to play him in in my FFE computer matchup this week. Well, because I don't have to, but I don't really want to trust Sam Darnold. So uh, Matthew Stafford against the San Francisco 49ers. And I know, don't overreact to week one. The Jets had all offseason to scheme for that. But at the same time, they just looked really horrendously bad. And Matt Stafford got rattled early and just started forcing it, throwing picks everywhere, and then ended up getting hurt. A little worried about that O-line. And San Francisco is not great, but at this point, my recommendation is if you have another option that's better than Matt Stafford, probably do that this week because uh, I'd like to see them at least come out and look competent at this point one time before I'm willing to stick to my guns with Stafford. Uh, running back, my trust is Chris Thompson versus Indy. I mean, what else does the guy have to do? All he does is go out and be a PPR monster when he's healthy the question has been if he's healthy or not. And hey, right now, he's healthy. So Chris Thompson is in my starting lineup every single week, and he should be in yours too. Uh, we've been saying that all preseason. That's the one you yeah, wanted exactly. out of that backfield. And my trust, the one, the only, we've been name-dropping him all show, Philip Lindsay. That's right. The Ooh. man, the man, Shackle. the legend. I love him in this matchup against Oakland. I absolutely love it. Because Oakland just looked incapable of doing anything, frankly. They came out, looked okay, and then once they got off the game script, they just got out-muscled all over the place. They're so thin at defense, they're going to have to try and put a linebacker on Philip Lindsay, and I just think that's going to go outrageously poorly. So I'm looking for Philip Lindsay to touch the ball, I'm looking for him to move the ball, and if you're one of the people that's desperate at running back, and I know you're out there because I've talked to you on the Fantasy Life app every day, uh, I, I am I am uh, I am all in uh, with Philip Lindsay this week in the repeat performance, and I think he's a guy that is somewhere right now already between an RB two and a flex, and I don't think that that one's an overreaction. I think I I think what yeah, we I mean, saw not crazy. what we saw not was crazy. that <laughs> was that Denver was willing to put him basically in a timeshare with Royce Freeman, given the game script. Yeah, I mean, he was the third down guy, so that was that was obvious going in, as he was going to be the third down pass catcher, but I was surprised by the amount of actual carries. He yes, because down the stretch, when they needed to go quickly, they just went with him. And I don't think that's an accident. I think that that's part of their game plan, and they're going to do it. And I think the only thing I'm worried about with Philip Lindsay at this point is the durability. Can he do this workload just because he is a rookie? But I'm not worried about, you know, one game on the, on him. So I, I like it quite a bit this week. And if you're looking if you're looking around for RB2 help and uh, need something that's got potential to pop throughout the season, uh, that's that's your guy. My bust is uh, Kenyon Drake. Now, while he did the majority of the work in the backfield for Miami last week, he saw more snaps than Frank Gore. Their touches were about even as we had talked about before, that they were listed as co-starters. So he is very highly started uh, last weekend. I would hope that comes down a little bit, and I get that the Lions never really love to run the ball, so the sample size is clearly small against the Jets, but it's not just like the, the statistics that they put up. When you actually look at that game film 
from Monday night. Any time that the Lions tried to make anything happen, there were two or three guys immediately in their face. You and me were talking about it with Theo Riddick. As soon as Theo Riddick made a catch, there was immediately someone there to chop him down. Just constantly. The whole night. So I don't think that's an accident. And uh, against that Jets defense, I'm uh, I'm fading Kenyon Drake this weekend. I, I, you know, I'm not going (laughs) to... There's also just the vulture of Frank Gore, just always there right. in the background for Kenyon Drake. My bust is LaShawn McCoy, formerly the only usable Bill. And that's just <laughs> my way of demoting him. To... You were the chosen one! Yep. Sorry about your loss, LaShawn McCoy owners, because I – look, I get it. He's go- He's not going to have the – I don't think the degree of terrible performance that he had in week one – as much moving forward now that they're going to have something that can actually like resemble quarterback play at least as opposed to what it was before. So it should get a little bit better, but I'm lowering expectations for LaShawn McCoy basically this week and kind of moving forward until something changes. What's frustrating about this situation, Steve, is that uh, I don't know that you can do anything about it. You might be stuck because I don't think you're going to get, a great offer. You maybe if you're very lucky, someone will trade it who's not paying attention on name value or something. But yeah, that's a tough. That's a tough one. Uh, for wide receiver, my trust this week I mentioned earlier is Brandon Marshall versus Chicago, the revenge game back in Chicago against the Bears. I mean Doug Baldwin. We don't know how long he's going to be out, but for sure he'll be out this week. Someone has to fill that role. He is their red zone target, their big guy that they want to throw the ball to down there. And while Chicago's defense has been better, we saw what Kyle Fuller can do. So the uh, the corners are the are the biggest weakness of that team, to say the absolute least. It was game over. I think it was sorry, it was game sorry, over. Sorry, sorry. I think that uh, both Brandon Marshall and Tyler Lockett have potential this weekend. Tyler Lockett was already technically in a starting position, so going with Brandon Marshall. Honorable mention to Quincy Anunua, who was uh, my guy in the waiver wire this week. Quincy Anunua actually led all of football last week with a 50% target share. He had nine targets, and three of those nine targets were in the red zone, including his touchdown. So he had a very good week. Again, small sample size, but he has shown that kind of skill in the past, and if he's going to have that rapport... With uh, with Sam Darnold, you can definitely do much worse. Yeah, definitely a, uh, a kind of return to glory after that horrible neck injury that knocked him out. So good to have him back. Uh, my trust is uh, Kenny Galladay going up against San Francisco. Uh, Kenny Galladay kind of had a coming out party for those who missed it on Monday night. Uh, basically finally looked like the guy that they were hoping that he would you know, kind of turn into uh, had probably their best tackle of the game on defense at one point. <laughs> best, yeah, best all around um, defender. It's so wide out. Yeah, yeah. But in all seriousness, Galladay had a monster night, and just to my eye, that didn't look like a fluke. That that looked like something they've been working on. It looks like they're really trying to make an effort to get him more involved, and he uh, he was making people pay. So, you know, big guy, like the skill set, still relatively lightly owned. But, you know, the question is, you know, is he going to actually eat more into uh, 
some of the other Lions uh, players. But I like him quite a bit this week, uh, incidentally, for sure, against San Francisco because, once again, their defense did not look great. And so if let's see what the, let's see what the Lions uh, can do against you know not the stunningly overpowered attack that is the Jets defense. Apparently. Yeah, my bust of the week is Larry Fitz against the Rams. Uh, again, if you're asking me who's better, Larry Fitz or Amari Cooper, it's Fitzgerald, and it's not close. But Amari Cooper disappeared. He's the focal point of that offense. And he, he just fell off the face of the earth because Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib are legit. And, and they're both going to have an opportunity. I know that Larry Fitz moves around the field and plays different positions, but there's two guys. It, 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 you're not looking at one guy following somebody around. It's literally you can just put one on either side and say, go get him and, uh, and, and take Larry Fitz out of the matchup. So I am uh, I'm fading Larry Fitz this week. I'm also doing that for the most part where I can. Better days ahead, though, for Larry Fitz and hopefully for Arizona in general. They're not going to play the Rams every week. Uh, for me, my bust is Chris Hogan. And I did this because I've seen a lot of people on, well, the Fantasy Life app, but also just on major news uh, outlets, you know, talking about, oh, don't worry about Chris Hogan. Don't overreact to week one. Okay, I'm not trying to overreact to week one, but I am just going to point out that he gets the reward now of going to Jacksonville. So enjoy that. That's that's where you're going to have your breakout game? I don't think so. So, yeah, I don't like Chris Hogan this week. I think that's something to avoid. I honestly love James White this week because I think that's how they're going to attempt to do things, that James White's going to be heavily involved, and I think they're going to try and go inside to the tight ends. And I'm basing that on the game that I watched them play against them last year, <laughs> where there was nothing out there in, in receiver land. Maybe Philip Dorsett gets some down the field, but I'm really, I mean, that's I'm, I'm not about it this week. I, I would look elsewhere uh, than Patriot wide receiver, and especially Chris Hogan. Tight end, I trust Ricky Seals-Jones because if Jared Cook can do it, anyone can do it. Uh, playing against the Rams, look, I think all that, that showed last week with uh, Jared Cook is what we all already knew. I already mentioned with Larry Fitz the dominance of Aqib Tlaib and Marcus Peters. They have good safety play. They have Brockers, Donald, and Sue on the line. If there's any question mark at all on that defense, it's the inexperienced linebackers. So the best and only way to attack the Rams defense is going to be short and over the middle. That's it. So that's tight end and that's pass catching running back. So, you know, David Johnson, obviously, and you're already starting David Johnson, but Ricky Seals Jones, it looks like any tight end against the Rams is going to be your best play against their defense. And uh, Mr. Seals Jones is the guy that slots into that this week. And my trust is George Kittle, because if you get, that kind of Skittle. if you get that kind of target share then you have to be a starter at this position right now that's just the way that is unfortunately so he's pretty good he's actually got better hands that's just science he's got better hands than i remember but he had like nine targets i mean like it it was 
it was insane. It might have actually been more than that, but the floor was like nine. And that's not an accident either. That goes back to last year where they were doing that. So if he's just going to be racking them up, I mean, did you see how bad Detroit's defense looked last week? Some of that, some of that, some of that is week one. Exactly. Don't overreact to week one, but at a certain point, you have to, you have to kind of wonder when they're just getting destroyed in every phase. Is some of this just week one rust and jitters or is there a secondary issue as well on top of it? So, uh, I like Kittle quite a bit this week. Bust Jimmy Graham against Minnesota. I mean, the Vikings defense, you never want to play anybody, but I mean, Jimmy Graham, first of all, we've been saying all preseason he's been overhyped and the Packers tight end never really does much. But now you're talking about, you know, Rodgers playing injured, the possibility of it being Deshaun Kaiser and Minnesota. If Devontae Adams is down, they're just going to focus in on Jimmy Graham and just take him away. I mean, if you got to deal with Xavier Rhodes on him, if he switches over since there's no Adams, ugh. I mean, there's no scenario when I want Jimmy Graham this weekend. There was no scenario I wanted Jimmy Graham this year. So I was actually so, I was yeah, frustrated yeah. because I when we went to do this little exercise, uh, I you had already written Jimmy Graham, and I was like, well, now I have to actually do research. <laughs> now I have to actually like research and look at something because I was just gonna write. Jimmy I took Graham. the fish in the barrel. Yeah. I yeah, was just going to write uh-huh. Jimmy Graham, and frankly, I could probably write Jimmy Graham every week this year. <laughs> and, and But uh, for me, it's it's unfortunate because I actually like Charles Clay as a player, but this goes back to uh, no bills. No bills right now. Yep. No bills. Like just, I know they're playing the Chargers. I know the Chargers look like complete garbage. That was a division game. That was week one, and they didn't have Joey Bosa. They're not going to have Joey Bosa again, but I mean – the Bills is like the polar opposite of what the Chiefs are going to line up and try and do to you. So I I just don't want any part of Charles Clay or anyone on Buffalo until I see someone do something. Someone's going to have to do something competent before I'm ready to buy it. Well, that's it for uh, for Trust or Bust this weekend. So there you go, some guys that we're looking at to, uh, to start and to sit. And now we've got a little time left, so uh, why don't we play a little game, a little exercise we call Devil's Advocate. That's right. So, now I'm excited. It's the other new segment. That's right. It's the other new segment. We tricked you. We told you we had one new segment. We have two. That's right. All right, so why don't you set up Devil's Advocate for the, the, the listening public there, Mr. Smith. So how Devil's Advocate works is we have compiled basically a series of hot takes from the Internet. And this is what the Fantasy Life app is talking about. This is what Reddit's talking about. This is what a lot of social media – is buzzing about and people are discussing amongst themselves back and forth. So what we're going to do is I'm going to present just these hot takes, which are not things that we wrote. This is just what people are discussing to my co-host over here, Steve, and we're going to try and break it down. So that's why it's called devil's advocate. So we're just going to try and pick these, you know, trending fantasy topics and try and break them down for the people out there. First one up, first one ever. Let's try and do what is hopefully an easy one. Adrian Peterson is a sell-high target. All right, I would say no. Uh, if you can get someone to sell on, like, name value of Adrian Peterson, I would say I guess. But me personally, if I've got Adrian Peterson, look, what he did this past weekend, I think is what he's going to do. Him and Chris Thompson 
are going to be the one-two combo in Washington this year. And with Alex Smith able to get the ball moving, they should be able to move the ball fairly effectively on offense. One of the bigger problems that AP has had is when he's been the entire guy putting the whole workload on him. Now, he doesn't have that anymore. But if he's going to get the goal line carries, and we saw him actually catch the ball last weekend. It's fascinating. I mean, low-end RB2, high-end flex, I think, for the rest of the season is not crazy. And uh, unless someone's giving me extreme value for that, I'm holding on to that if I can. All right. I think the thought process there, why people are saying that, is because they've just seen AP fall off uh, in the past, and they might be experiencing some recency bias from last year when he slowed down significantly down the stretch. So, But I think your point is well taken that if Chris Thompson is going to be healthy and they're going to split, then in theory that should hopefully keep them both healthy because neither one of them has to, in theory. Well, I think that kind of makes my point too. Like you were saying, Chris Thompson is – you know, great when healthy, right? That's yeah, what I've been saying is he's fantastic say. while he's on yeah, the field. So what? Ha- so if Chris Thompson goes down, when an AP's workload just tick up? Like, can it only get better? Yes, but then I think the theory is that would break him at this point. Like, if we go right back to what you were saying about uh, he had issues when he had to be so the you're entire just, guy. So you're just worried about him versus father time, yeah. not so I, much I him think versus that's why the, production. I think that's why the people on the internet are – positioning it that way in some cases that we've been seeing is that's 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 what i think's going on but it sounds like for your money and if that's the case then maybe i can buy in on as much ap as possible yeah and that's and there you go so to crystallize it the important nonsense take is ap do not sell ap for now hold on to that for you know unless unless we have this conversation again but if he keeps putting up numbers like he has been i don't know that we're gonna and if someone wants to sell on him i'm buying yeah let's we did a sell high target already. I had another one. Let's let's move past that and let's let's do Sure, mix it up. Get spicy with it. I like this one a lot. Kenny Galladay is the wide receiver one in Detroit. Mm. Hot take. That's a hot take. It is a hot take. That one I found on the Fantasy Life app. There were a lot of people buying into that. Um it depends on what you mean. By wide receiver one. They meant as in the the guy in the sense that it was uh he was the one, the actual one. Like the one you wanted and the wide receiver one, both in this sense. I see. So that so Kenny Galladay is gonna be the most productive wide receiver yes, in Detroit. Yes, correct. Is the hot That's take the hot take. That's right. the hot take. Okay, you know what? That's uh since I played it safe last time, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the uh, I'll take the hot take side on this All one. Right. And I will say uh, that that is the case. So you've got Golden Tate. You're constantly worried about Golden Tate being injured. If he goes down, Kenny, Kenny Galladay, he just upticks. You saw it in the target prediction this week, which is what the whole team always is. You've got Golden Tate who'll get anywhere from 7 to 10 uh, targets in the middle of the field, short 5 to 10 yards, and near the red zone. That's what Golden Tate is. Marvin Jones will get three to five targets deep downfield, and you're hoping he just hits on one. Kenny Galladay's everything in the mid-range. And without Eric Ebron there anymore, there is no tight end production, so that becomes Kenny Galladay. There's a legitimate chance that in PPR, because of the volume he's going to get, and if anything happens to either one of those other two guys, the production that Galladay can provide 
is uh, is going to be explosive, especially if they're going to be down a bunch, which it appears that 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 defense is just terrible. And then, I mean, it's that'd be embarrassing if he was a defensive guru, <laughs> Matt Patricia. But it's a good thing for him he isn't. Hey, that otherwise, hey, you can't whew. be not you. You know, you've got to be smart if you got that pencil behind your ear, right? That's yeah. He's a genius. You've got to be smart. Means he's a genius. That. Yeah, everybody's smart that does that. Uh, all right, so that's an interesting one. So. The argument that you could make against it would be, well, there's the crutch arguments of he's, you know, second year guy, you know, it's what did we see him do previously? And it's one game and all of that. But the one argument that I think would actually hold water is uh, they're going to try and actually run the ball in Detroit. The problem with this argument is that it, is made every year and it's never once been correct. So, so the issue is, is that the only way to split it then becomes is golden Tate going to retain that value over, uh, Kenny Galladay. Cause I don't think there's any chance that Marvin Jones could, uh, could actually do it unless he somehow caught a touchdown efficiency rate of like 98% or something. That's, that's just not going to happen. The only way that, that Galladay could get past Golden Tate is if uh, defenses started rotating to focus more on Golden Tate. But in reality, the reverse should probably be true. Now that Galladay is actually going to be drawing real defensive coverage, they have to subtract that from somewhere. And you could see a scenario where they have to rotate that coverage from the middle, which is where Golden Tate plays. And so Golden Tate faces more just looks against linebackers and more looks against safeties and therefore would actually become would retain his position as the number one quote unquote uh lines guy you want however i think you can tell by how crappily i made that argument and i know it's a family show that i actually think i actually agree with the uh the hot take side and that's part of the reason why i recommended kenny galladay as my trust this week then we'll move on to carson wentz is droppable all right, I will take the uh, I'll take the droppable side. I will once again go hot take. All right. So, uh, Doctor Chow, the fantasy doctor on Twitter, was talking about this, and he was comparing it to the Andrew Luck situation of last season. That this will be another every week. We're talking about will Wentz play? What has he done? Is he throwing? What what's he up to? What's he been eating? What does he look like? At this point, he's still not cleared for contact. He's able to move around and pass at least, and he should be able to stay in shape. But now we're still talking about a couple weeks still, perhaps, that he's going to be sitting out, that he can't play. Then once he does finally get back in in week four, five, six, that he is going to have rust. He's going to show signs of not being out on the field for a couple of weeks. He's going to have to get reacclimated to the game. And by the time he does that, you could be looking at the fantasy playoffs. So, I mean, eventually he's going to be someone that you want, but in the meantime, you have to have a viable starter. Now, when you drafted him in the first place, you should have had a backup plan. But if you don't, and you have to go get somebody off of waivers... I don't know who exactly is out there right now other than like a Case Keenum, Tyrod Taylor weekly rotation of somebody that you can fill in, play the streamer role at quarterback. But if you're willing to to make a trade 
if you've got depth on your bench somewhere to make a trade to get someone else's backup and you're going to play them and to do so you have to drop Carson Wentz or you have to trade Carson Wentz away in order to get a starting QB, uh, yeah, I think that might make total sense. By the way, I, uh, I I believe none of that. I would not give it a Carson Wentz. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Just to just to be clear, I don't want to put my name on that in the public, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then just that's, to be clear, that's oh, why the you said Devil's Advocate. Yes, I'm playing Devil's Advocate. Yes. yes. So the reasons you don't drop Carson Wentz are because what you had to pay to get Carson Wentz is so high. That yes, you probably could get something off replacement level for it, but at this point, you're kind of stuck with it. And when it finally does get cleared, I don't think it's quite as bad as the Andrew Luck situation, to be perfectly honest. But I see the the comparison. It's just that I think he'll be cleared for contact sooner yeah, rather than later. I think to say later. it's a full thing like that is an overreaction. Yeah, I think that's a bit of a reach, and so I think it's probably him. He's only going to be out for a couple more weeks. You're probably still going to get him back by, I'll say, something like week six, and it'd be something around that neighborhood, and you probably likely already had a backup plan if you were smart. If you weren't smart, I don't want to cut Carson Wentz. I'm going to cut uh, whatever my depth player was off my bench. You know, everybody's got a project. <laughs> I'm going to cut that guy, and I'm going to go get a backup quarterback off the waiver wire because quarterback is so deep that... You could go pick up Tyrod Taylor off the waiver wire, and that way when we get down into the area of the season where I really need to play Carson Wentz, I'm going to want to because I'm going to be kicking myself if I cut him now, and in week 11, 12, 13, he's back and lighting it up, and I'm scrounging around on waiver wires or have to make a trade. By the way, that's spoken from someone who drafted Carson Wentz last year and cut him. It haunts me. (laughs) It haunts my soul. I wake up in the middle of the night with cold sweats about that decision. All the, That cost me last year, I honestly believe, a shot at a fantasy championship. Because I yeah. – it was bad. Like, Oh, no. That's right. Yeah, that's accurate. Like, I blew it hard by, when I cut Carson Wentz. So don't – learn from my mistakes. Don't do that. It was, it was a bad idea, and I paid the price for it. Nine mistakes? Nine mistakes. Oh, speaking of nine mistakes – uh, yeah, we got time we for got one time more. We got time for one now. more, throw and this is my favorite one. one. This is my favorite one. The granddaddy of them all is you should be trying to trade for Le'Veon Bell. That's a mm. real conversation. Yeah, th- this is having. definitely hot. Take this is right the now, this is the sure. granddaddy hot take. This is the this is where all the other hot takes come just to 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 watch it because man, this conversation was just insane. So. God. I could really go either way on so this. Can Do I. you have a side you so prefer to argue? I can actually argue either way on this too, but I will actually take the uh, I will take the hot take the hot take argument in this case. All right, I will mentally prepare myself yes. then as you argue. It. So the reason why you should be trying to trade for Le'Veon Bell in and we're going to qualify this with Connor and without Connor. With Connor, this becomes less of a hot take. Without Connor is where it gets into real hot take range, where it's like, no, I just want Le'Veon Bell, and I'm not trying to handcuff him to to Connor. That's where we get into the crazy range. Now, you want to do this because there's an Adam Schefter report stating that he'll be back at the end of September. You also want to do this because if that does not happen, there's a very high probability that he is going to be traded 
to any number of teams that want his services. So what you would get is a JHI situation from last year. You get a very usable fantasy piece. You've seen it for years. You know what it is. You can, you know, you can uh, quantify it a little bit. You know what you're paying for. So the argument is if I'm in a pretty good position, then why don't I trade something to try and get Le'Veon Bell from somebody who's probably hurting because they just lost one of the centerpieces of their team, stash him on the end of my bench while this works itself out, and then boom, once he's either re-signed by the Steelers or traded, I have an RB1, probably a second or third RB1 in some cases, uh, going down the fantasy playoffs. And it's a steal, and it's absolutely an investment you should make. I should try and trade up to and including things that I that – and I personally think some of these exact songs were insane, but up to and including like things like Larry Fitzgerald for Le'Veon Bell and some throw-ins. And, you know, it, the idea is if you're good and you, you're deep at, uh, at various positions and you can afford to, to spare it, that you should be trying to acquire Le'Veon Bell as the ultimate playoff stash. And, and that is something that I don't actually believe in at all. <laughs> so I want to put that out there, much like you did. If you've got Connor, this is Neil talking now, by the way. If if you got Connor and you want to go get Bell, I got no issues with that. Go go do it. Good idea, frankly, because there's no real downside for you to do it. If you don't and you're trying to trade usable pieces for a guy who's not playing, that we don't know what what's going to happen. You sir have, uh, I would say, a risk management problem. <laughs> like. So, like you said, the Adam Schefter report is that he should be back sometime around the end of September. But there was also an Adam Schefter report that he would be back on Labor Day and that he would be back to the team on Wednesday and that he would report by Saturday so that he could be on the buses to go to the game in Cleveland, which he never did. So, I mean, no disrespect to Adam Schefter, but I'll believe it when I see it. We heard on our very show last week the interview where his agent, Adisi Bakari, came out and said he'll get there when he gets there, and he's looking out for his best interest. This is a long-term situation. He's looking out for his long-term health and making as much money as he can make in the offseason, more power to him. He deserves that opportunity. The Steelers have been holding him hostage for the last couple of seasons now, and he's sick and tired of it. He knows he's going to get run into the ground. He has no desire to come back and play for them for any period of time. He will come back in week 10 to make his money. You're hoping to get six weeks out of Le'Veon Bell. And if I and I know that if I'm going to trade for Le'Veon Bell, I'm going to have to trade legitimate pieces because whoever has Le'Veon Bell spent a first-round pick to get him. I don't care what league you play in. I don't care the size of the league. I don't care if it's PPR or standard. If somebody has Le'Veon Bell, he was a top five pick. Guarantee. And because of that, they need to get, they don't care about name value. They need that first round pick value back. They need that kind of production back on their team to give their team a chance to win, which is what everybody's trying to do. You play to win the game. You play to win the game. So they're trying to fill the void that they currently have on their roster left by Le'Veon Bell, and you just want to stash him on the bench. No one's going to give up Le'Veon Bell to get you know, Ricky Seals-Jones off of your bench. Okay, it, It's not going to happen. 
If you're trading to get Le'Veon Bell, you have to trade a legitimate starting piece or two to acquire him for a player that you have no idea when or if he'll be back. The best case scenario of acquiring Le'Veon Bell, unfortunately, because you hate to root for it, is injury. If an injury happens, a la David Johnson last year, where Adrian Peterson got traded from New Orleans to Arizona. That's your best case scenario if you're acquiring Le'Veon Bell, is that someone gets hurt. I said the best fit is probably Christian McCaffrey. If McCaffrey gets hurt in Carolina and they're trying to make the playoffs, they make a bid to Pittsburgh to go get him, go all in for a season, and try to make a Super Bowl run with him for one year. And that's probably your best case scenario, is he gets traded to a team where a majority of the season he plays. That's not going to happen in Pittsburgh. I'm sorry, it's just not. So if that's what you're hoping for, I think you're uh, you're digging at fool's gold there. And that, I think, is the correct response. I <laughs> There was also the report today that the Steelers removed his name from their death chart. And it's just gone. It, it's gotten so petty. He, I don't see there's, how there's no way he can come he back can into go that into that room. locker room. He just can't with that line that just ripped him so publicly and expect that they're actually going to block for him. And then also he's got, you know, we've said it before. He's aware. We've been saying it all preseason, actually, that he's aware that when he gets there, they're just going to run him into the ground. That's because they know that it's their last opportunity with him. So they're and they don't care about anybody else's. Yeah. You know, uh, desires beyond that. They're just trying to win a Super Bowl. So if they're going to, if they think they can win a Super Bowl by running him into the ground, that's exactly what they're going to do. So it, yep. it, it just, it just screams bad idea to me to start giving away usable assets to try and get Le'Veon Bell. This feels like the people that used to argue for Josh Gordon to me. That's, I feel like these are the same people. Like it's, and you know what, too? I, I said the same thing there where, like they're going to trade based on the name Le'Veon Bell. What are you doing? If you're trying to acquire him, what are you doing other than trading for the name Le'Veon Bell? Yeah, I mean, you're trading on... If I told you, here's a running back who might not play the first 10 weeks of the season, you'd be lucky to get six games out of him. He's going to be a productive guy when he comes back, if he comes back. That's a huge red flag question mark, right? He wouldn't be a first well, round. Why would pick. you risk anything? He wouldn't be a first round. Most pick. people would say, yeah, yeah. Most people would say, okay, I'll give you like a, a low end guy off of my bench to take a chance to hold that guy for a while. When you throw out the name Le'Veon Bell, it's like, oh, here, I'll give you the moon. Like it's week one. I mean, I get the idea of trying to trade for a playoff piece, but why am I doing that now? Playoffs? Don't talk about it. playoffs. Talk to me. You kidding me? Talk to me. Playoffs. Week ten. Thank you. Don't talk to Jim yeah, Moore about thank you, playoffs. Jim. Talk, talk to me. Talk to me in like week ten. Like that, that's when you might want to talk about something like this, where it's like, or I'm sorry, like week eight or nine. Absolutely. Like week eight or nine. Yep. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, sure. But people are talking about doing it now. I'm like, you're just gonna, you're paying the, that guy's penalty. Yeah, it's way too doing. soon for all this. Exactly. You're 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 serving his yeah, life. Yeah, that guy got put into no purgatory reason. and did you a huge favor. You know, you're gonna. Yeah. Why are you doing other people's jail time? That doesn't make any sense. But there you go. Devil's Advocate. Love it. Yep. Two great new yeah. segments. We Loving did it. it. We it. did it. Good work. So again, uh, be sure to follow us at Nonsense underscore Steve, at Nonsense underscore Neil, at FF Aware, and then at Important Nonsense. 
on the Fantasy Life app. So uh, until next week, everybody, just keep up the nonsense. Have a week. Music for the Important Nonsense Podcast is provided by Lee Rosevear, Lame Genie, and Tritachion. Thank you for listening, and be sure to keep up with the latest content on importantnonsense.com.